Baseball fans, BetMGM is giving you the chance to win a prize every day during the baseball season. Step into the batter's box for BetMGM's Swing for the Fences free-to-play game. Pick an area of the strike zone and take your best swing. If you get a single, double, triple, or home run, you'll receive a prize. Smash a home run to collect a bonus bet on us. Just log into your BetMGM sports account to get started. Then visit your promotions section to access the Swing for the Fences free-to-play game. There's nothing more exciting than going yard with the king of sportsbooks. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. Must be 21 plus and present in Ohio. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards vary depending on market and expire 24 hours from issuance. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In partnership with MGM Northfield Park. I'm going out with the girls this weekend. Nails, done. Outfit, stunner. And my skin, I know it's going to be glowing because I glammed up my shower routine with new Olay Indulgent Moisture Body Wash. It smells so luxurious and deeply moisturizes with its super rich, creamy lather that's bursting with vitamin B3 complex. So my skin glows and my confidence grows. Try new Olay Indulgent Moisture Body Wash for glowing skin in just 14 days. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. High Five Casino. High Five Casino is a social casino with real prizes and big Vegas hits at HighFiveCasino.com. The hottest games right from Vegas, and all winnings go straight to your bank account. Hundreds of exclusive games, free daily rewards, and come back to get free coins every four hours. Only at HighFiveCasino.com. High Five Casino is a social casino. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited. Play responsibly. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details at HighTheNumberFiveCasino.com. High Five Casino. Hello, you beautiful people. Welcome back to It Could Happen Here. This is Shireen again. If you listened to our previous episode from yesterday, you would know that we are today continuing and finishing up this little two-part series about the history of Yemen, trying to understand how its history has led up to Yemen being in present day one of the worst humanitarian crises in the world. So. Yeah, we're talking about the history. And last episode, we talked about the history up until 2018, the end of 2018. And we're going to continue on from 2019 because that's how time works. But I will say, (laughs) I don't know why I feel like I need to provide a disclaimer, but this is who I am. I feel like I sounded like a bored professor in the previous episode. So I apologize if it sounded a bit flat. There are just so many dates and names that... I feel like I need to get right, and I'm still trying to figure out how to talk about history in a fun and engaging way, if that's even possible. So bear with me. Uh, Hopefully there were some things you found interesting, and we can continue on this journey together. Okay, enough about me, please. 
Let's continue on in January 2019 in Yemen. So the previous month, December 2018, the Yemeni government and the Houthis had signed the Stockholm Agreement that included prisoner swaps, a mutual redeployment of forces away from Hodeida port, and a committee to discuss the contested city of Taiz. The ceasefire was set to take effect on December 18th, 2018. But overall, this agreement fails to achieve its goals, and neither side agreed to withdraw from Hodeida. So as we enter into 2019, the fighting is continuing. The Houthis launch a drone attack on the El Anad airbase north of Aden, and this injures dozens and also kills the head of Yemeni intelligence. Back over in Washington, the Secretary of Defense, James Mattis, he had resigned in December of 2018, but his resignation takes effect in February of 2019, and this marks an end to the Trump administration's efforts to engage in the Yemen peace process. In April, Trump vetoed a bipartisan congressional measure that would force the U.S. military to end its role in the Yemen war. By June, the UAE unilaterally scales back its military presence in Yemen while continuing to support the STC, aka the Southern Transitional Council, and the STC had seized at this point more power in Aden. Meanwhile, the Houthis step up their efforts to attack Saudi territory, including launching missiles at oil installations and airports. The Saudi and Yemeni forces capture Abu Usama al-Muhajir, who is the leader of the so-called Islamic State Yemen province, the ISYP. In July, the Emirates, or the UAE, announces it has completed its troop drawdown, or minimization, in Yemen, but by August, the STC effectively assumes control of the southern governance of Aden, Aban, and Shabwa. By the end of August, the UAE forces conduct air raids against the Yemen government forces that are headed to Aden to attempt to regain control. Also in August, the Houthis launch Operation Victory from God against Saudi-led forces, and the Houthis continue to escalate its attacks on Saudi oil installations. These operation names, I will say, poetic in a uh, depressing, sad way. In September, the Houthis claim to have used drones to bomb oil processing facilities in uh, two cities in eastern Saudi Arabia. The attacks result in Saudi Arabia losing about half its output capacity. And even though the Houthis take credit for the bombings, the international community at large blames Iran because Iran was thought to have provided the technical expertise that was needed to carry out such attacks. In November of 2019, in an effort to end the fighting between the coalition partners in southern Yemen, Saudi Arabia and the UAE broker a power-sharing agreement between their respective partners in the Yemen government forces and the STC. The Riyadh Agreement, which is what it was called, is signed in early November, but by December, clashes resume between the two forces. Literally just a few weeks after it was signed. In January of 2020, leading up to February, fighting between the Saudi-led coalition and the Houthis picks up. Houthi forces carry out missile attacks on military training caps and in Saudi Arabia's southern provinces. The Houthis claim to quote-unquote liberate roughly 1,500 square miles of territory from the al Jaf and Marib governance from Saudi-led forces, but this is a claim that the coalition denies. In March of 2020, remember when, 
Houthi forces capture the strategic city of Al-Hazm in the Al-Jaf offensive, and the Saudi forces carry out a retaliatory airstrike on Sena, the capital. March of 2020, if y'all remember, is also when COVID officially made its big world debut. And I know the first cases happened in like late 2019, but I do think COVID really stole the show in March of 2020 and has been the show ever since. But regardless, the Houthis capturing the city of Al-Hazm and the Saudi forces striking back with an airstrike on Sena, this all happens in the midst of the beginnings of the COVID pandemic. The United Nations urges both sides to maintain the ceasefire in order to prevent the pandemic from spreading in Yemen. This doesn't happen. Spoiler alert. But fearing that the Houthi rebels would control any incoming financial aid, the Trump administration announces a freeze on $73 million in humanitarian aid to Yemen, which is a very big number, like objectively, but it's a huge number as far as what Yemen needs, as far as food and shelter and money like that makes a huge difference for a country that is in deep need of assistance. But Trump fucking sucks. Okay. In April of 2020, Saudi Arabia initiates a unilateral two-week ceasefire to mitigate the risks of the new coronavirus pandemic. Days later, Yemen records its first known case of COVID-19. Despite the ceasefire, the Houthis and the Saudi-led coalition are both accused of carrying out attacks. In the South, the STC once again demands self-rule, and it breaks its agreement with the national government. In June, the Southern Transitional Council deposes the recognized government in Socotra, with government supporters decrying the move as a coup d'etat. The following month, the STC says that it has renounced its claim to self-rule and will return to the previously agreed-upon power-sharing structure. Like, not even two months. <laughs> not even two months after the STC demanded self-rule, it's like, actually, I was just kidding uh, I want to go back to the power sharing uh, structure from before. And a lot of back and forth like this always seems to be happening in Yemen. But it also happens, if you just keep in mind, uh, in so many nations that haven't necessarily maintained their roots long enough for something to grow. And I think Yemen has been in this soil stage for a really long time. If you just want to go with me with this metaphor, please. In October of 2020, the warring sides in Yemen carry out the conflict's largest prisoner swap. The following month, Saudi Arabia and the Houthis have reportedly initiated back-channel talks. From the Saudi side, Saudi officials indicated their willingness to sign a ceasefire deal and end the Saudi air and sea blockade in exchange for the creation of a buffer zone between Houthi-controlled territory in Yemen and the kingdom's borders. The Houthis later claimed to have fired a missile at the coastal Saudi city of Jeddah. December of 2020, the STC and the Hadi government, they formalize a new power-sharing agreement in Aden. Prime Minister Ma'in Abdul Malik Saeed is reappointed as head of the Hadi government's new cabinet, with the seats also going to both the STC and Yemen's Islam party. Just weeks later, the new cabinet arrives in Aden from Saudi Arabia, and an attack on the airport kills at least two dozen people. But no, none of the ministers. The Hadi government and the STC and much of the international community, they blame the Houthis for the attack, and Saudi warplanes conduct a retaliatory air raid on Sena. January of 2021, the Trump administration uses the December attack 
to justify designating the Houthis as a foreign terrorist organization, or an FTO. The Houthis are still able to consolidate control over about 70 to 80% of the Yemeni population, and they threaten Marib, which is a stronghold near the northeast corner of their control zone. Marib is going to come up a bit, so Marib is a stronghold just beyond the threshold of the Houthis' control. And then, you guessed it, February 2021, President Biden now enters the arena, and he decides to take a new path. He announces changes to the U.S. policy toward Yemen, and this includes revoking the Houthi FTO designation, so revoking the designation that the Houthis are a forced terrorist organization, And Biden also declares an end to the U.S. support for the Saudi-led coalition's offensive operations in the conflict. He appoints Timothy Lenderking as the special envoy for Yemen. Biden shows his support in the U.N.-led peace process, and he provides assurances to Saudi Arabia regarding the defense of its territory. Let's take our first little break here. I don't have a witty little segue to go to an ad break, but you know the drill. Just listen to the ads or press skip or whatever you do, and we'll be right back. Baseball fans, BetMGM is giving you the chance to win a prize every day during the baseball season. Step into the batter's box for BetMGM's Swing for the Fences free-to-play game. Pick an area of the strike zone and take your best swing. If you get a single, double, triple, or home run, you'll receive a prize. Smash a home run to collect a bonus bet on us. Just log into your BetMGM sports account to get started. Then visit your promotion section to access the Swing for the Fences free-to-play game. There's nothing more exciting than going yard with the king of sportsbooks. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. Must be 21 plus and present in Ohio. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards vary depending on market and expire 24 hours from issuance. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Dad deserves something really nice for Father's Day. But let's face it, we usually don't do it. Big gifts are for Mother's Day. Picking something up on the way is for Father's Day. Well, let's make Father's Day something this year with the Bartesian Cocktail Maker. It whips up over 60 premium cocktails on demand, each ready at the push of a button. And right now, you get $50 off the Bartesian Cocktail Maker when you buy one pack of Dad's favorite cocktail capsules. Dad will publicly love that you saved 50 on the countertop machine that crafts premium cocktails on demand. And he'll secretly love that you splurged on him for Father's Day with the gift of a Bartesian. Because the only thing that lets Dad know he's the world's number one dad better than a world's number one dad coffee mug is an artisan cocktail in his hand. Make dad's Father's Day and Father's Day cocktails with all natural juices and bitters without making any mess at all. Visit B-A-R-T-E-S-I-A-N.com backslash father to get $50 off the best premium cocktail maker for dad at the best price for you. Bartesian, premium cocktails on demand. What's up, guys? This is Sean, Lights Out Merriman, and Saturday, June 15th, Lights Out Extreme Fighting 17 returns to Casino Palma in San Diego. Get your tickets now at LightsOutXF.com, and we'll be live on Lights Out Sports TV, available on all major platforms. Doors open at 5 p.m. Pacific. You don't want to miss this one. It's going to be Lights Out. Lights Out Sports is free sports TV by athletes for fans. For details about the event and tickets, go to LightsOutXF.com. 
The following is a high five moment from highfivecasino.com. Welcome to Burger Yippee. Would you like a hot apple pie today? Yes, yes, yeah, I won. Woohoo! So that's a yes on the apple pie? I just went big time playing high five casino on my phone. Real cash prizes, free daily rewards, over 1,200 games. Yeah. So yes or no on the apple pie? Woo! I won again. I'll take that as a yes. Drive around. Have you had your high five moment today? Only at highfivecasino.com. High five casino is a social casino. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited. Play responsibly. Conditions apply. See website for details. High five casino. We're back. This is Shereen. You probably knew that. So, okay, we left off with Biden showing support in the UN peace process, and uh, he's providing assurances to Saudi Arabia regarding the defense of its territory, but it also uh, is after he declares an end to US support for the Saudis' uh, offensive operations in the Yemen conflict. So, after this, the Houthi rebels launch an offensive in Marib City. Marib again is the final stronghold for government forces in the north. The city is also very significant because of its location. It is located very close to some of northern Yemen's richest oil fields. Marib also hosts nearly one million internally displaced persons, and intense clashes are expected to displace thousands more. By March of 2021, the conflict between the Hadi government and the Houthis escalates in Marib. The fighting coincides with ongoing Houthi missile and drone attacks against Saudi oil facilities, airports, and air bases. Saudi Arabia retaliates with airstrikes, particularly in the capital of Sena. The U.S. then condemns the Houthis' actions. Riyadh, aka Saudi Arabia, they propose a ceasefire, and this ceasefire would include the reopening of the Hodeidah seaport and the Sena airport. The Houthis reject this proposal on the grounds that a full lifting of the ongoing blockade is a prerequisite for any such agreement. Between April and May of 2021, strikes and counter-strikes continue and they escalate. Both the UN Security Council and Iran's Foreign Minister, Mohammad Javad Zarif, they voice their support for the ceasefire between the various Yemeni forces. A discussion takes place between the Saudi Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman and the U.S.'s special envoy for Yemen, Tim Lenderking. Lenderking pushes for the Saudi-led coalition to loosen the blockade on Hodeida and Sena. The U.N. special envoy for Yemen is Martin Griffiths at this point, and he's a British diplomat. So the U.S.'s special envoy is Lenderking, the U.N.'s is Griffiths. And the Houthis refuse to meet with the U.N. special envoy, uh, to discuss any kind of de-escalation of the conflict. We're now in August of 2021, and a Houthi attack wounds eight civilians on Saudi soil and it damages a commercial airliner. Amid continued attacks like this from the Houthi rebels, the Biden administration withdraws and removes its most advanced missile defense systems from Saudi Arabia. Also, by August of last year, nearly 20 million people, or two-thirds of Yemen's entire population, are dependent on humanitarian aid for their daily needs. This includes very basic things like water and food and shelter, electricity, medical care. Martin Griffiths says that 5 million Yemenis are, quote, one step away from succumbing to famine and the diseases that go with it. As Houthis continue to gain ground against Hadi government forces in Marib, the country of Oman, uh, it's also officially called the Sultanate of Oman, it's an Arabian country located in southwestern Asia, 
uh, at the Persian Gulf. So Oman attempts to broker a peace deal between Saudi Arabia and the Houthis. Houthi negotiators refused to meet with the newly appointed UN Special Envoy for Yemen, Hans Grunberg, before the Saudi-led coalition commits to the full lifting of the blockade on Hodeidah and Sena. After a very fleeting lull in hostilities, in September of last year, the Houthi rebels renew their offensive in the Marib governorate. The Habit is a key district in the south of the city of Marib, and government forces had previously recaptured Dahabe from Houthi control in July of 2021. But in September, the Houthi rebels capture it again, and they continue their offensive in the battle for Marib City. At this point in the timeline, the Yemeni people are taking to the streets and protesting over the collapse of Yemen's currency and the inaccessibility for basic daily necessities. Government security forces forcefully respond to these widespread protests across southern Yemen, and this at the time kills three protesters. On September 18th of 2021, the Houthis execute nine people on charges of involvement in the Saudi-led coalition airstrike of April 2018. This strike had killed Salah Ali al-Samad, who was the Houthi-aligned de facto president of Yemen. A week or so later, on September 27th of last year, a U.S. official delegation is formed, and it includes the National Security Advisor, Jake Sullivan, the Special Envoy to Yemen, Timothy Lenderking, and the National Security Council's Coordinator for the Middle East and North Africa, Brett McGurk. This delegation goes to meet with Saudi Arabia's Mohammed bin Salman, as well as Saudi Arabia's Deputy Defense Minister, Khaled bin Salman, uh, and this is done in an attempt for a diplomatic solution for the Yemen conflict. By October of 2021, the UN Human Rights Council votes against renewing the mandate for the Group of Eminent International and Regional Experts on Yemen, aka this is called the GEE. Um, and it had previously been the only independent body that was monitoring all parties to the conflict. An investigation in 2018 reported possible war crimes committed by all parties, and Saudi Arabia had been accused of attempting to shut down the investigation. Clashes are continuing in Marib at this point between the Hadi government forces and the Houthis. By October 17th of last year, the Houthis gained control of three districts in the Shabwa governorate, as well as two districts of the Marib governorate. Basically, they're slowly capturing district after districts in their efforts to have full control. In November of 2021, the Houthis seize the former site of the U.S. Embassy in Sena, and it detains its local employees. The United States calls for the immediate release of these employees, and it demands that the Houthis vacate the premises. A Houthi spokesperson announces the capture of two more districts in Marib after already taking two other ones the month prior. Government forces prepare to defend their last remaining northern stronghold, aka Marib City. And some two million civilians at this point are now trapped in the Marib governorate. Coalition-aligned forces abandon their position in the port city of Hudaydah, and this allows the rebels to retake the city. A 2018 ceasefire agreement had prohibited fighting between the two sides, and the government forces state that they are withdrawing troops from Hudaydah to send them to reinforce the front lines. Okay, last ad break. Here we go. Bam. Bam. 
baseball fans. BetMGM is giving you the chance to win a prize every day during the baseball season. Step into the batter's box for BetMGM's Swing for the Fences free-to-play game. Pick an area of the strike zone and take your best swing. If you get a single, double, triple, or home run, you'll receive a prize. Smash a home run to collect a bonus bet on us. Just log into your BetMGM sports account to get started. Then visit your promotions section to access the Swing for the Fences free-to-play game. There's nothing more exciting than going yard with the king of sportsbooks. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. Must be 21 plus and present in Ohio. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards vary depending on market and expire 24 hours from issuance. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Dad deserves something really nice for Father's Day. But let's face it, we usually don't do it. Big gifts are for Mother's Day. Picking something up on the way is for Father's Day. Well, let's make Father's Day something this year with the Bartesian Cocktail Maker. It whips up over 60 premium cocktails on demand, each ready at the push of a button. And right now, you get $50 off the Bartesian Cocktail Maker when you buy one pack of Dad's favorite cocktail capsules. Dad will publicly love that you saved 50 on the countertop machine that crafts premium cocktails on demand. And he'll secretly love that you splurged on him for Father's Day with the gift of a Bartesian. Because the only thing that lets Dad know he's the world's number one dad better than a world's number one dad coffee mug is an artisan cocktail in his hand. Make dad's Father's Day and Father's Day cocktails with all natural juices and bitters without making any mess at all. Visit B-A-R-T-E-S-I-A-N.com backslash father to get $50 off the best premium cocktail maker for dad at the best price for you. Artesian premium cocktails on demand. What's up, guys? This is Sean, Lights Out Merriman, and Saturday, June 15th, Lights Out Extreme Fighting 17 returns to Casino Palma in San Diego. Get your tickets now at LightsOutXF.com, and we'll be live on Lights Out Sports TV, available on all major platforms. Doors open at 5 p.m. Pacific. You don't want to miss this one. It's going to be Lights Out. Lights Out Sports is free sports TV by athletes for fans. For details about the event and tickets, go to LightsOutXF.com. High Five Casino Casino is a social casino with real prizes and big Vegas hits at HighFiveCasino.com. The hottest games right from Vegas and all winnings go straight to your bank account. Hundreds of exclusive games, free daily rewards, and come back to get free coins every four hours. Only at HighFiveCasino.com. High Five Casino is a social casino. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited. Play responsibly. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details at HighTheNumber5Casino.com. High Five Casino. We're back. Okay, we're wrapping out 2021. And in December of last year, due to falling international funding, the World Food Program, the WFP, cuts food aid to Yemen. In November 2021, the WFP had targeted $11.1 million for food assistance. But as the humanitarian situation deteriorates, the cost of food dramatically increases and becomes even harder to access. In the early months of 2022, January and February, the Houthi rebels launched a series of unprecedented attacks against the UAE and Saudi Arabia. This included air attacks across the border and the seizing of a UAE vessel in the Red Sea. The Saudi-led coalition responds to these attacks with a bombing campaign in Sena, 
an attack on a northern prison, and a strike on a telecoms facility in Hodeida. This results in a four-day internet blackout across the country, and at this point, UAE-backed forces regained control of some areas near Marib. On February 23rd of this year, the U.S. Treasury Department announced new sanctions against individuals involved in a funding network for the Houthis. During this time, the UN Security Council renewed for one year its arms embargo on Yemen and uh, continued a travel ban and asset freeze on actors who threatened the peace. The council condemns the Houthi attacks on Saudi Arabia and the UAE that struck civilians and civilian infrastructure. Four countries in the UN abstain from this UN Security Council decision, and those four countries are Mexico, Ireland, Norway, and Russia. On March 6th, the Houthis reach an agreement with the United Nations to address the issue of an abandoned oil tanker in the Red Sea, the FSO Safer, that posed a threat of a massive oil spill. The World Food Program declares that the humanitarian situation in Yemen is worsening because of the Russian war on Ukraine, and the Houthis continue their attacks against Saudi oil facilities, while the coalition continues its strikes against Sena and Hodeida. Talks that are sponsored by the Gulf Cooperation Council in Riyadh begin between various parties to the Yemen conflict. The Houthis decline to participate in this, stating that these talks should be held in a neutral country. That same day, Saudi Arabia announces the secession of all military operations in Yemen as of March 30th of this year. In April, the UN brokered a two-month truce between the warring parties that was to start with the holy month of Ramadan for Muslims. The agreement was a notable step toward peace, as the last nationwide coordinated cessation of hostilities was during the peace talks in 2016. As these peace efforts gained traction with a two-month ceasefire, exiled President Adrabu Mansour Hadi transfers powers to a new presidential leadership council, this council is led by Rashad Al-Alami, uh, and members of the council were selected at a GCC-sponsored talk in Riyadh. It also includes those associated with the secessionist Southern Transitional Council, as well as those that were formerly part of the government under Hadi. Hadi fires Vice President Ali Mussein Al-Ahmar, who has long been resented by the Houthis, and uh, Hadi delegates his powers to the presidential council. After the transfer of power is announced, Saudi Arabia and the UAE say they will provide $3 billion to support Yemen's decimated economy. Despite a two-month truce, Houthi forces resume attacks on the front lines of the battle for Marib, which had previously been static since February. And this happens after the UAE-backed forces pushed the Houthis out of the center of one of the districts in Marib, the Harab district. It's during this time that the Houthis also sign a action plan to prevent the recruitment and the use of children in the armed conflict. A senior Houthi military official had said in 2018 that the group inducted 18,000 child soldiers into its army, some of whom were as young as 10 years old. That's a, that's a baby. Oh my gosh, it really, my heart hurts all the time. Okay, we're getting close to modern times here. In August of this year, the head of Yemen's presidential leadership council, Rashad Al-Alami, he ordered the UAE-backed separatists to stop military operations in Yemen's south. 
This notice was issued to the head of the STC, and it was seen as an attempt by Al Alami to step in and stop an STC campaign against the rival factions within the government umbrella, and this would include Yemen's Islam Party. He said that all military operations should be stopped until the implementation of a troop redeployment in Yemen's south. And this was something that was stipulated in a power sharing agreement from 2019, and he wanted this to be fully implemented before they moved forward. These divisions within the council really expose its precarious nature, because all the members are often ideologically opposed, and they're only united by the opposition that they have to the Iran-allied Houthis, as well as the support that they have from the Saudi-led military coalition. In the southern Shabwa Governorate, which is a very resource-rich area, the STC has made gains against the Islam Party, and it said in September, which is right now, that it had launched a, quote, anti-terror operation in Shabwa's neighboring governorate of Abiyan. This operation, according to them, would, quote, cleanse Abiyan of terrorist organizations, which would include al-Qaeda, while also securing Yemen's temporary capital of Aden and other southern governorates. After the Houthis kind of invaded this governorate in 2020, the STC and other pro-UAE factions, they blamed the Isla party for allowing the Houthi advance. The removal of an Isla-aligned governor, Mohammed Saleh bin Addo, in December of last year, this cemented the ascendancy of pro-UAE forces. But the instability in the south of Yemen really complicates any kind of UN effort for a permanent ceasefire or an attempt to pave the way for political negotiations to end the war. The UN-brokered ceasefire agreement that we talked about being implemented in April of this year, aka Ramadan, it has drastically reduced the fighting between the two sides, but the outbreaks of violence still continue. This month, al-Qaeda attacks killed at least 30 soldiers. The STC, which again is Yemen's main southern separatist group, is backed by the UAE, and last month it expanded its presence throughout the southern Abiyan province in what it described as a move to, quote, combat terrorist organizations, and it's singling out al-Qaeda. In a series of tweets, the STC-dominated security belt said that six al-Qaeda fighters were killed after the group launched a, quote, terrorist attack on its forces in the Ahwar district in Abiyan. It also added that Yasser Nasser Shai, who was a commander belonging to the security belt's, quote, anti-terror brigade, it said that he was killed in the attack along with a number of his companions. I just wanted to bring in that little news because it just kind of happened this month, and obviously things are continuing to happen, and it changes month after month, as you can tell. <laughs> uh, I'm laughing because it's sad. but. Hopefully, this gives some context to why Yemen is struggling so much. And I want to read some of the stuff, uh, some of the statistics about Yemen really quick, because the scale of this is so immense. So this is from the World Food Program's website. The WFP's emergency response in Yemen is our largest anywhere in the world. The current level of hunger in Yemen is unprecedented and is causing severe hardship for millions of people. Despite ongoing humanitarian assistance, 17.4 million Yemenis are food insecure. The number of food insecure people is projected to go up to 19 million by December of 2022. 
The rate of child malnutrition is one of the highest in the world, and the nutrition situation continues to deteriorate. A recent survey showed that almost one-third of families have gaps in their diets and hardly ever consume foods like vegetables, fruit, dairy products or meat, or pulses, aka beans, peas, and legumes. Malnutrition rates among women and children in Yemen remain among the highest in the world, with 1.3 million pregnant or breastfeeding women and 2.2 million children under 5 requiring treatment for acute malnutrition. Sometimes I think we can forget how many people is in a little statistic. Millions of people. We're talking 2.2 million children. 1.3 million pregnant or breastfeeding women. Just that number is so immense. I can't comprehend it. And the fact that this is projected to go up by 19 million uh, in general for all Yemenis uh, by December is devastating. And I think remembering how big numbers are, as elementary as that sounds, is pretty important from time to time, because I think at this point we are kind of unfazed by numbers. But let me continue from the World Food Program's website really quick and wrap this all up. The humanitarian situation in Yemen is extremely fragile and any disruption of the pipeline of critical supplies such as food, fuel, and medicines has the potential to bring millions of people closer to starvation and death. The WFP calls for unimpeded access to reach those most in need and avert famine. So, here we are, in a quick, very depressing summary. Since 2016, a food insecurity crisis has been ongoing in Yemen, and this began during the Yemeni civil war. The current level of hunger in Yemen is unprecedented and is causing severe hardship for millions of people. And despite ongoing humanitarian assistance, 17.4 million Yemenis at this point in time are food insecure. And this number of food insecure people is projected to go up by 19 million by December 2022. Maybe I'm being repetitive, but I think it's important to comprehend. The crisis in Yemen is one of the most dire crises in the world. And this is brought on by protracted conflict, droughts, floods that are intensified by the climate crisis, COVID-19, and other diseases. And despite all of this tragedy that we've been talking about, despite this humanitarian criminal thing that is happening, Yemen has failed to attract adequate support from donors for years, and now it risks slipping further into oblivion. What a terrible, uh, depressing way to end this podcast. But I really do hope that these episodes at least gave you more awareness about what's going on in Yemen and just how dire the situation is. And there are so many conflicts in the world. There are so many causes that deserve our attention, obviously. But I do think it's important from time to time to think about the causes that you may not be affected by. Uh, and remember that everyone is human just like you and the privilege that you have um, if you choose to uh, engage with your privilege and use it for good can make a huge difference to people that need assistance. Uh, at this point, I'm going to start rambling. So before I do that, uh, I just want to thank you for paying attention to my professory talk and saying that uh, office hours are now closed. Goodbye. 
It Could Happen Here is a production of Cool Zone Media. For more podcasts from Cool Zone Media, visit our website, coolzonemedia.com, or check us out on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. You can find sources for It Could Happen Here updated monthly at coolzonemedia.com slash sources. Thanks for listening. The following is a high five moment from highfivecasino.com. I won! Private, put down your phone. This is the army. Sarge, High Five Casino is a social casino. It's on your phone. goes wherever you go. I win free spins, cash, prizes, free daily rewards, over 1,200 games. I won again. Platoon, present cell phone. High Five. High Five. Casino. Casino. Win at HighFiveCasino.com. High Five Casino is a social casino. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited. Play responsibly. Conditions apply. See website for details. High Five Casino. What's up, guys? This is Sean, Lights Out Merriman, and Saturday, June 15th, Lights Out Extreme Fighting 17 returns to Casino Palma in San Diego. Get your tickets now at LightsOutXF.com, and we'll be live on Lights Out Sports TV, available on all major platforms. Doors open at 5 p.m. Pacific. You don't want to miss this one. It's going to be Lights Out. Lights Out Sports is free sports TV by athletes for fans. For details about the event and tickets, go to LightsOutXF.com. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Happy Pride. This is Raquel Willis from Queer Chronicles. I'm here to tell you about Lambda Legal. For more than 50 years, Lambda Legal has been in court protecting the civil rights of LGBTQ plus people and everyone living with HIV. And the good news is you can help. Support Lambda Legal's work by donating this Pride Month. Throughout June, all donations up to $100,000 will be matched. To donate, go to lambdalegal.org. That's L-A-M-B-D-A legal.org. Help Lambda Legal remain unstoppable.